good evening. Good. Happy Wednesday. Good. You want to know why Wednesday is so awesome? It's only three days till Sunday. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Oh, everybody else looks forward to the weekend for Friday night. I look forward to Sunday morning. I love my church. I love my church. So we're going to... We're going to have a few announcements right now. I want to remind everybody of the things that are happening at this happening place. Oh, y'all are in for it tonight. I had caffeine. <laughs> All right, so we're going to start out with, uh, I want to remind everybody that we have new USBs in the uh, media store. I say new. I know I've been, we've been saying that a couple of weeks. But there, um, we have the 2021 Battle Ready which is all of 2021 sermons, all on one USB. Those are $39, so take advantage of those because they won't always be that cheap. And then we also have some single uh, series if you would like to pick those up. Also, they are available upon request. If there's one that we don't have and you want one or an, an older one, we can make those for you. I just want to throw that out there that you can request um, some if, you, if we don't have one out there that you want. All right, and then we're going to um, talk about the Mighty Men's Fellowship. There we go. Got to get the men grunts going. Um, so you guys are going to be watching a movie, and you're going to be having a nacho bar. You get to eat lots of nachos. Um, it's $10. You can register online at lake-church.com or on the Facebook event. You can also uh, pay at the door the night of the event. That's 6.30 um, March this Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I got to look here. I got to see the date. It is the 4th. There is not a date on here. Can you believe that? Who does this bulletin? Um, the 4th, this Friday at 6.30 in the Student Ministries building is the Mighty Men's Fellowship. So come to that. Take advantage of the, of the good time that you guys are going to have. All right, and then next, we're going to have uh, Wonder Woman. Yeah. See, we don't grunt. We yell. So we're going to be doing Wonder Woman. We have a special speaker this year, Miss Candace Owen. You guys got a little bit of her just this last week at our conference. Well, she will be back for our Wonder Woman conference. She will be not only leading our praise and worship, she's also going to be ministering at some of our sessions, along with our very own Pastor Karen, our general, our leader. Um, so uh, take advantage of that. It's March 24th through the 26th. Cost is $35. T-shirts are available until March 14th. After that, you will not have a T-shirt in time for the conference. So make sure that you get registered at lake-church.com or on the Facebook event. It is a Friday, Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday morning we will be having breakfast, big breakfast, big breakfast. Um, so get registered for that. Uh, take some of these cards and invite your friends, invite your family, invite anyone who you think might enjoy some time of refreshing and good word. And, and just having a wonderful time with the ladies. Um, also, um, I want to remind everybody, the bulletin that I did not put a date in for the men's. 
Normally, it's pretty up to par, <laughs> but this has all of our events that are going on, has our uh, Bible college schedules, our mission meal schedules. It has all of our events, where to register, how much things cost. So be sure that you grab a hold of these and, and uh, take those so that you'll be well-informed about everything that's going on. We have a lot going on for these next few months, so you don't want to miss out on anything. Also, starting this Sunday, Pastor Greg V. Hurd. Our fearless leader will be beginning a new series called Good. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be good. Yeah, you like that? That's a little play on words. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you. See, I think I'm funny. <laughs> all right. And then so also, oh, nope, that was it. That's all I'm allowed to say about that. Okay, anything else y'all want to get? You got, no, I'm just kidding. Um, so that was um, the, our announcements for now. I want to just remind everybody, we're also taking up our tithes and offerings right now. Woo! Yeah. So if you need an envelope, they're on the seat backs in front of you. You can give online at lake-church.com anytime. You can also give by text to give. The information is on the seat back. Uh, wherever you find the envelopes, there's going to be some information there that tells you how to do text to give. So you can take advantage of that to be able to give anytime you like. Um, also, I wanted to remind everybody that we're uh, collecting money for a van for the Dominican Republic. Um, for them, the basketball Boys, we always just call them the basketball boys. So I struggle for the right terminology. We, we use to revert back to our everyday words, and then I, I'm thinking, you know, I can't say it that way. But our basketball boys down there, they do discipleship. They get together every Saturday. Sometimes 100 boys are gathered together, and they minister to them. They play basketball. They have tournaments. They do this every single week, and every single week they give them a ride home. So we want to buy them a van. And we have been raising the money for that. It's $15,000. We are at just over 10. Woohoo! So you guys are doing awesome. We're almost there. So I just want to remind you to be praying about giving towards that um, so that we can be a blessing to that ministry down there as they're raising up those young men to uh, know God. Because a lot of them don't. They get salvations every week. Uh, it's amazing. It's wonderful to see what they do down there and how much they give their lives to that. So anyway, I'm going to pray over the offering and then we're going to continue our service. Father God, I give you praise and glory. I thank you, Lord, for your blessing. I thank you, Father, for your abundance. I thank you for your grace. Lord, I just give you all the praise because you are worthy of everything. You are worthy of all that we have to give. You are worthy of all that we could ever say or do to proclaim how good you are. Lord, you are our Savior and our Master and our lover of our soul. And we just cannot express to you, Father, how much we love you and how much we just want to serve you. And, and we just want to surrender our lives to you, Father. And we do that now at this time of offering. And we ask, Father God, that you bless it. We ask that you bless it back to the sower so that it's multiplied. And we ask that you bless it to this body, to this church, Lord, so that it is, we can go into all the world and preach the gospel, that everything that we put our hand to prospers, that you are in it, that you are stirring it up, and that you are calling in 
And those, Lord, that you have appointed so that we can do what you have called us to do. I thank you, Lord, for your power and your might and your wonderful blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. And on one last note, I just wanted to let everybody know that Mimi, Pastor Karen's mom, um, she had some, a surgery, heart surgery last week, but she is home today. Yes. She is doing wonderful, and she is recovering beautifully. Surprise. I get to preach in the big church. They done let me out of the cage for a night. This is good. This is good. I just want to say thank you to Pastor Greg and Pastor Kevin for giving me an opportunity to speak tonight. I am going to try real hard to tap into whatever it was Rebecca has got going on so I can maybe get through this real fast. Squirrel! Get through this real fast, you know? All right. Well, the first thing I'd like for you guys to do is next to you on your left, if you look on your seat, just look on your seat, there's a seat belt right there. So I want you to take that seat belt and go across and buckle it in because the Lord gave me like six messages. And I said, Lord, I only have 30 minutes. And he said, oh, it's okay. It's okay. We'll work it all out. So anyway, I'm going to try and jam six messages into 30 minutes. So hold on. We're going for a ride. All right. Sure, I'm glad you guys are here tonight. I'm glad, kind of glad Pastor Greg's not here so I don't get nervous. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So taking it to the streets. So we're going to read from Genesis 1. And while you're turning there, let me ask you a couple of questions. Why did God give us a free will? Secondly, why did Jesus come to the earth? You think that's a pretty easy one. But let's go back to why did the Father give us free will? He didn't have to. I mean, he created the universe. He spoke the universe into existence. He created us from the dust of the earth. He could have created us however he wanted. He could have made us robots where when he said something, we just did it and didn't think about it. But he didn't do that. He gave us a free will. So let's look at uh, Genesis 1, 28. I know you guys all know this. I think Pastor Kevin just used this in his message a while back. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Well, this scripture perplexed me. It's my big word for the week. Because he set into motion a mandate for us. This is a mandate, and a mandate is an official order or commission given with authority. And then that means that we are the feet and the hands and the mouth of God. That's our job. That's our mandate. But then he used the word subdue. And this is the part where I didn't quite understand what the Lord was giving me. Because to subdue means to conquer, defeat, overcome, or overthrow. 
Or Pastor Kevin would say, take by force. To take it by force. And I was perplexed, but see, that's a hard word. Because why would we need to do that? God just gave us dominion. This is the first thing that God told us as humans. Be fruitful and multiply. Subdue the earth. That's the first thing he told us. Why would he say that if we have dominion over everything? Why would he say that we need to take it by force? That we need to conquer? That we need to defeat? And so I was praying about it, and I'm like, Lord, I, I don't quite understand that. Because if we already have dominion, what are we fighting? We already have authority over everything. But then Genesis 3 comes along, and it says, Why? Man gave over God's given dominion to Satan. So God, in his infinite wisdom, knew this was going to happen. He knew that Adam was going to fail. He knew because he knows how things are going to go. So knowing in Genesis 3, he created a mandate in Genesis 1 to take care of that situation. So man gave over dominion that God gave to him and so once he did that he knew that Jesus was going to have to come to the earth and Jesus was going to be in the form of a man so he had to give him a mandate to be able to take back what the enemy took by force all right So even before this happened, God knew that Jesus would need to be here, so he created the way for it to happen. In Romans 8.29, it says, He predestined them to be conformed to the image of his Son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. He was the first one. We're his brothers and sisters in Christ as Pastor Kevin would say he is not an example of us he's an example through us and God predestined that that he knew in Genesis 1 that we were going to be made in the image of Jesus Christ that he was going to be the image through us and that that authority and that mandate would apply to us God, God is good to think about it that far back. So just like the law revealed the law of sin and death to the Israelites, Jesus revealed to us that we were lost and needed salvation. And that he set that up thousands of years ago to prepare for your moment when you accepted Jesus Christ. Do you all remember that? I remember that. I remember when I accepted Jesus Christ. It was the most amazing experience of my life. I mean, you guys remember tetherball. Yeah, I mean, I, oh, yeah, I like tetherball. Yeah, I could smoke that ball. Right here in Manford, I learned how to play tetherball. But I was sitting on the porch, and they were leading me to Christ, and I remember I felt like a tetherball going around. And it had like drops of, of rain on it that were flying off of it as it was going around. And those were all the things that God was taking out of my life. Because I was not always this really nice, good-looking guy that you see before you. I'm trying to act like Pastor Greg here at this point. 
I was not always this really nice guy. I was, I was, I was not a nice guy before I got saved. But like that tetherball, all those things were leaving my life until it stopped at the pole. And when it stopped at the pole, all that stuff was gone. And we all have that experience. We all have that in our lives of when we accepted Jesus Christ. And God knew that thousands of years ago that you were going to have your personal experience. God is good. So then the second question was, why did Jesus come to earth? And we know, well, we needed salvation, so he came to earth, right? Well, maybe a better question would be, what did Jesus do during his ministry? What is it that he gave us an example of? He talked about salvation. He healed the sick and the oppressed. And he took the message to the people. He didn't sit in somebody's house and just say, well, go get the people and bring them here. He didn't say that. He went. I I feel sorry for his sandal maker. Because you know he went through some sandals. Because that dude did some walking. When you look at the map of that area over there, and then you watch the path of Jesus Christ... Phew, baby. And I see why he rode a donkey part of the time. Anyway, so in that, he's showing us that he was the hands and the feet and the mouth of God. As he said, I only say what the Father tells me to say. I only go where the Father tells me to go. So he was the hands and feet of God. Therefore, as he is, so are we. And so if he's the example through us, then our example is to be the hands and the feet and the mouth of God. That's our mandate. That's our part. So in the Passion Translation, 2 Corinthians 5.20, it says, We are ambassadors of the Anointed One who carry the message of Christ to the world, get this, as though God were tenderly pleading with them through our lips. That is the God we serve. He wants everybody to be saved. He wants that none should perish. So how how do we become the hands and feet and mouth? Let's all turn to 1 Corinthians 3. So 3, 6 through 8. It says, and this is Paul speaking, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. So when I got saved, and I told you about the tetherball, I had, uh, I was raised, my dad, uh, he told me that God hated me because my last name was Drake. I'm giving you an environment of what I was raised in. And it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life, but when you're 10 years old, what do you know? I mean, you know what somebody tells you. And he told me that God hated me because my last name was Drake because of all the things the Drakes had done. 
And uh, then on the flip side to that, I did go to church sometimes with my mom's mom and dad, my grandparents, who were my favorite people in the whole world. But they were Roman Catholic. Oh, baby, talk about going from one extreme to another. Now, I did, I will say, in Catholic church, I learned how to kneel, sit, stand, kneel, sit, stand, quote the verse in the book, and then kneel, sit, stand some more. But in that, I felt like God hated me already, but through the Roman Catholic church and the things that they would say, I felt like I was pretty much a piece of garbage, that I wasn't worth wiping off the bottom of somebody's feet. And so I grew up thinking... I don't need that. I got enough people that don't like me as it is. I don't need God not liking me. So I shunned away from that. But then I got my first job. I was working at Brahms Ice Cream Store. (sighs) You can tell. It's all right. It's all right. Don't judge. And so at Brahms, I had a friend named Johnny. And we would go partying every Friday and Saturday night. And we'd go running, cruising town. You guys remember cruising town? And and uh, so one Sunday he invites me to church <laughs> after the Saturday that we were out running around all night he says hey I got, you got to come to Sunday school with me and he went to a Baptist church so I guess everything was okay if long as you were in a Baptist church but anyway don't judge don't judge so anyway I go to this church and I find out that all the stuff that I knew about this God were wrong that he really loved me because the Bible says so. I mean, I learned all this. Now I'm 16 years old, but I learn all this and I feel like a three-year-old because I think, how did I not know this? How, the, how did nobody ever tell me this? And so I went to Sunday school for probably a year and a half or so. And then I was getting ready to graduate and we got a new pastor, a new youth pastor. And so I was still technically in the youth, you know, and there was a lot of pretty girls in there, so it made sense. And so I was in the youth group, and this guy took it a little further, and I was asking him questions, and he said, well, do you know Jesus? And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I've read the Bible in Sunday school, and I know about Jesus. He goes, no, 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 no. Do you know Jesus? Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? And I said, well, I don't, I don't know what that means really, but okay, no, I don't. And so he led me to Christ. And, or he started to. He started leading me to Christ, and then he said, well, let's go to youth, group, or let's go to youth camp. And so we went to uh, Falls Creek, and so that's where I got saved at was at Falls Creek because then I was in the chapel, and boy, I tell you what, the Holy Spirit was just everywhere. And so I got led to Christ. But then God brought the increase, and God brought me to where I am now. And he brought that increase. So Johnny planted the seed. Mark and Tony watered it and have been friends of mine for 30 plus years. And then God gave the increase. That's exactly what this just said right here. Now Johnny gets rewarded because he planted the seed. And Mark and Tony get rewarded because they watered. They got to be a part of what God designed that goes back to free will why did he give us free will he gave us free will because he wants us to be a part of it God could just as easily use a donkey to speak to somebody and lead them to Christ right says it in the word but he doesn't he wants us 
He wants us to do it because there is no greater joy, there's no better high than to lead somebody to Christ and to see that countenance change, to see the garbage in their life fly off. I can only imagine what I look like because I am a different person. I became a new creation that would have never happened if somebody wouldn't have planted a seed. When you get saved, you want to you want everybody to be saved, right? I mean, I remember when I got saved, dude, I was on fire. I, I would go up, "Do you know Jesus?" I met this guy named Jesus. You got to know Jesus. Now, I would take it one step further. I had a, a low rider truck and I lived in Sepulpa, and there was this place called Slick Road out by Kellyville. It's a long, straight road. It's got to be three miles long, but it is the most awful road in Oklahoma. I mean, 50 miles an hour, and you're already in a death trap. And so I would get people in my truck, and I would drive about 90 miles an hour down this road. And I would start asking them, do you know Jesus? And they're like, what are you talking about? You need to slow down. I'm like, no, no, we're going to die. You need to know Jesus before we die. We are going to die. Watch, I'll take my hands off the wheel. We're going to die. And now, okay, I went overboard. Okay, don't try this at home. That's not what you're supposed to do. But that was my heart. And I was trying to get people saved the best way that I knew how. I know, I know it did. <laughs> Thinking about where I came from, it was really a good thing, okay? I, I didn't know any better, so now I know better. <clears throat> but we want everybody to get saved. But we get burned out. We keep trying to lead people to Christ, and people keep going, dude, you're weird, you're out there, I'm glad you got Jesus, but don't need it. And so we get burned out, and we get tired of doing that. And then we think, that didn't work. I know that the, the guy that led me to Christ told me to go share this with other people. And I'm sharing with you, how can you not get saved? How can you not want Jesus in your life? Because you're weird. Leave me alone. I'm not getting in your truck. Yeah. So we have to plant a seed. Let me give you a visual. So... You're sitting in your living room one day, and you decide, I want something that smells good. I want to plant a plant over here in this blank corner. So you go to Walmart, and you get a really nice pot. And then you get a bag of miracle Grow potting soil, right? And you fill the thing up, you put it in the corner, and you start watering it. Next day, you go in there, nothing's doing. You water it. This goes on for six months. You get sick of it. You throw it out in the yard sell the pot at a garage sale and then you think that didn't work well why didn't it work because there was no seed planted so many times we want to jump ahead of where the seed is planted and we want to jump to the watering stage because the watering stage is so much better because you get to see something grow but you got to do it in baby steps and that was what I found out is that you got to be the one planting the seed to get to be the one that gets to water to get to be the one that gets to see the increase and so many times we look at the big things like I see Dora back there and you know Johnny and Mary and and they have such a ministry in the streets 
because you get to do everything. You get to plant the seed, water it, and then watch it grow all in one shot. And I envy that because I don't get that opportunity. But I know that when I tried to go all the way to the top with it and go lay hands on people so that I could see a leg grow or I could see a broken arm unbreak, and it never happened. I never got that opportunity. And it's because God says you need to be uh, a good steward over small things so that I can make you a steward over much. So if you keep trying to skip the small stuff and go straight to the big stuff, you're going to get burned out. I know that I did. I know that I looked at, at people in my churches that I thought, man, they're so awesome. How come I can't do that? Well, then God told me one day it's because you won't start at the bottom. I had a, a person call me yesterday, and this was really a neat story because in the past, I know this person really well. And so they called me and said, hey, I'm feeling led to do this. I, I'm feeling, uh, I feel a calling on my heart that I need to be an evangelist, and I need to take that John Ramirez message to the street because I read John Ramirez's book. What do you think? Let me get back to you on that. So I asked the Holy Spirit, because in the past, I would have just opened my mouth and been honest and said, you're a flake. It's never going to happen. I mean, honestly, I, sometimes I just don't have a filter, and I hate that, but the Lord is teaching me. The Lord's called me into the ministry, and he's teaching me all that. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So I just stopped, and I said, okay, Lord, what do you want me to say? Because I know I'm going to mess it up. And so um, I asked this person, I said, so obviously if you're feeling led, you've been in the church, and where are you going to church at now? And who, who's, your te who's your pastor? Well, we don't go to church. I said, really? Hmm. How do you not go to church? And she goes, well, when we go to church, they don't, uh, they don't exactly line up with what we think and what we want to do. And, and then when we want to do something, they tell me no. I'm like, oh, Okay. <laughs> Okay, I said. So, who do you submit to? Who's your Who's your teacher? Who Who's leading you down this path? Well, nobody. We just we read books and we've been through a lot. Whoa. Bite my tongue. I said. Well, you know that's cool. That's cool. And I'm sure that the Lord has got big things in store for you. And I said. But let me let me ask you one question. And the Holy Spirit dropped it in my heart. I said, How can you be ready for war? which it's a spiritual warfare. How can you possibly be ready for war when you've never been trained in battle? And that just shows that the Lord says there's steps. If you try and skip steps, you're going to fall. Have you ever tried to run up steps? And <laughs> I'm 51 years old. I do one step at a time. But when I was in my 20s, I could do two or three steps at a time till you miss one. And when you miss one, it's ugly. Especially a guy my size. It's just ugly. <laughs> you know, they have to call the paramedics and, you know, but anyway. God's saying don't skip the steps. Don't compare yourself to somebody else. When you see somebody else and you think, I, I can't do that. I'm not built that way. Then don't do that. Do the smalls. You know, the Lord says, um, it's easy to love somebody that loves you. It's easy to say nice things to people that say nice things to you. But a small would be saying, 
good morning. I hope you have a good day to the person that stabs you in the back all the time, that talks bad about you all the time, that shuts up when you walk into the room. That's a small. That's a small. How can you pray over somebody to be healed when you've never even prayed with somebody? So back up and do the smalls. Back up and say, you know what? Let's start here and let's let the Holy Spirit grow me spiritually so that when the time comes and somebody with a a busted leg needs me to heal them, I can tap into that spirit and believe and have faith that it'll happen. Because without faith, it's dead. And so, but you have to be able to build to that point or it doesn't work. And I know, and it's discouraging. It's discouraging when you do it over and over and over and nothing ever happens. So I leave you with this. Yeah, in Matthew 25, 23, you have been a faithful steward to manage a small sum Now I will put you in charge of much, much more. So I leave you with this. Do the smalls. Just be nice to somebody. If you see somebody that... Because here's the thing is, God doesn't want you to see somebody that maybe is depressed and you walk up, Do you know Jesus? If you know Jesus, you won't be depressed all the time. I can get you out of that. If you'll just let me talk to you about it. And they're like, whoa, hey, all right, okay, weirdo. But how much more of an effect do you make if you go, hey, is there anything I can pray with you about? You know, do you want me just to listen? I can just be in here and listen to what's going on with you? Sometimes that's the seed. Because you can't grow anything if there's no seed there. So you've got to put the seed in the ground. So... That's what the Lord gave me, and I appreciate you hearing me out. So, now, Mr. Wade Irvin's coming up. Hallelujah. Ah, you guys are pretty. You know... To get up here and minister in front of y'all, people I love, people I know, people I, I, I grow with and, and share with and minister to, makes me nervous. It really does. I mean, I can feel it behind my eyeballs. <laughs> oh, no, that's not what I'm getting at, but that's, that's the way it is. I'm, for those of you that know me know that I'm not a shy person. I'm not easily intimidated. In fact, the only thing that intimidates me is sitting on the front row right there tonight. <laughs> I'm not afraid to tell the truth. Sometimes I'm really blunt about it, and a little too blunt. But when it comes time to start ministering on the things of God, things start coming in like, well, what's he going to think about that? Or... How are you going to look in front of people? And that's what I think about when I come up here to minister in front of y'all. I'm more worried about what you're going to see. Oh, I know, I know, but this is what I go through. And this is what hinders people in their ministry on the streets is what are they going to think? 
the person standing over here that you don't even know, what's he going to think about when I say this? You know, that hinders, and, and that's just pride and arrogance of yourself because you're thinking more about yourself than you are loving the people that you're ministering to. In fact, if you remember, Patrick, during Spirit Lab, the Lord gave me a word, and he told me. He said, when your love for my people will get bigger than what you think about yourself, you will see a greater move of the Holy Spirit. So, I deal with things. Pride's one of the biggest things. And I hate to think that I leave somebody behind because I'm worried about what somebody else is thinking about me. When in all actuality, it's not about me. Amen? It's all about him. It's all about him and what he's going to do through me. Amen? So, I got a word. It's a good word. Awesome word. Structured word. Very structured. Researched. It's got words in there I never use. We're going to try to get through this. Um, but I want to pray first, if you don't mind. Amen. Father God, we just thank you for this time. We thank you, Father, for, for your word. I just thank you, Lord, that you can work through a, a broken and incomplete vessel, Lord, that you can pour through me and into your people tonight. I thank you, Lord, for utterance. I thank you, Father, that by the Holy Spirit we'll have power and unction. And even despite of me, in spite of me, Lord, your people will be blessed and will be ministered to. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So, taking it to the streets, and my message is ministering to the lost. And we use that word lost a lot. We use it quite a bit. You, you can use it in reference to, I lost my keys. But you know that they're somewhere, and they're still usable. You just got to find them. Or, the Titanic was lost at sea, which it's not really lost. We know where it is. It's just not functional anymore. Or it could be, I lost my dad three years ago which in reference is I know where he is he's in heaven but it's in reference to the dead so alright tonight I'm going to be reading out the New King James but I studied out of the ESV I just couldn't bring my ESV because the numbers are so small I can't see them so <laughs> Even with my glasses on, I can't see them, so <laughs> it's an inconvenience, but that's, what, that's the way it's going to go. <laughs> 12 out of 15 uses in the ESV for the word lost, which literally is the word, and I'm not a Greek scholar, apolumi, I think is the word. And uh, 12 or 15 times, it literally means, that word actually means destroy, to perish, to lose. 
The other three references is about salt losing its flavor, and it's a different word, so we're not going to use that one. So how is the word used in the New Testament shed light on the meaning of the word lost? I did, I did research, and I got scriptures, so we're going to. In Luke 15, 24, the parable of the prodigal son, it says, For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. The parallel is the lost and the dead. And Jesus knew what he was saying about that because he says earlier, That's what I hate about notes. If you don't keep your finger on it, you lose your place. Because <laughs> he said earlier, leave the dead to bury their own dead in Luke 9, 60. So there's that parallel there and what he's speaking of with the lost. So it's a great responsibility that we have been given through the Great Commission you know, heal the sick. We'll go into all the world and minister the gospel. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Okay? In Luke 19.10, Jesus said, The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. All right? The lost don't need finding. They're, they're everywhere. Jesus just came into the world not only to find people, but to save people. When the angel was telling Mary to call his name Jesus, she said, he said to her, for he will save his people from their sins. The lost are dead in their sins. And just let me, give, let me get through this lost part here, so... In John 17, 12, John, uh, Jesus says, I have guarded them, talking about the disciples, and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. Well, Judas wasn't lost. They knew where he was. He was just ruined and on his way to destruction. So... The natural man, Paul says, does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them. 1 Corinthians 2.14 This is deadness and lostness in true of every human being apart from God, God's grace. Romans 3.23 We'll all sin and come short of the glory of God. Our lostness and our deadness is a condition of our will. Not us, but it is not in, it's not being forced on us. It wasn't forced on us. We accepted it. I know when I was lost, I woke up every day not looking for anything but how I could fulfill my lustly flesh. Amen. I wasn't looking for I wasn't looking for love. I wasn't looking for salvation. 
didn't care about grace. I was just feeding on myself and my own. So every human being is on the way to eternal destruction without Christ in their life. Every human being. Without Christ, Paul says, we will all pay the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. 2 Thessalonians 1.9. This is, this is just a terrible truth of unreached people all over the world. Amen. Amen. And when you think about that and what I was saying earlier, how does your pride fit into that? When people are dying, they're lost, they're sick, they're hurting, how are you going to worry about your pride and not try to come to somebody's rescue. Amen? So that is what loss means in our commission to go into all the world. What a mission. God calls us. God calls us. And we talked about this in class last night a little bit too. God calls us to use us in something only he can do. Only he can do. Amen. God calls on you to do what only he can do. And what he has chosen not to do without you. Open the eyes of the blind and raise the dead and waken faith and, and give eternal life. Getting into the kingdom of God, Jesus said, is like a camel going through the eye of the needle. The disciples hollered, how then can we be saved? Jesus said, with man it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. All things are possible. God has commissioned you preeminence. Amen? Preeminence. The very glory of God abides in you. You have been commissioned, you have been filled, you have been blessed with the preeminence, the very nature, the very spirit of God. And he's called you to do, to work through you, to pour through you, to speak through you, to do what only he can do. Only he can do it. Hallelujah. And that's why God will be glorified. Because you can't do it. You can only do it through him. He can only, and he chooses to do it through you. Amen. So, hallelujah, hallelujah. This, this, this excites me. And uh, I've thought about it last night, man. We got into a good discussion and in class last night with Colossians and uh, with Pastor Jesse and whew, man I've been humbled all day humbled all day as I was preparing for this today and going over my notes and my structured whew, I'm going to tell you what I was bawling I was crying going over the words that were spoken last night going over the word of God 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. For me to be able to stand up here and minister the word of God humbles me to no end. That God would use me as a vessel. And Pastor said it the other night in his class during training. God uses messes. Hallelujah. 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 God uses messes. Amen. So, as I was stumbling around the house today, praying in tongues, crying, feeling humbled before the Lord, thinking about where I came from and where I've been. Some of you know my story and some of you don't. My biggest part of my story of, of redemption is not the life that I lived before Christ. To me, my biggest failure was after I came to Christ and I raised up in the ministry And I was, I fell out. I went back to doing the things that I used to do, being blessed. My foundation must have been shaky. Even though the man of God that I served under, he was a powerful man of God and, and, and was a good teacher. But somewhere there was a crack or a crevice in my, in my foundation. So... You know, before, back in, back in the before, when I was out doing my thing, I can't remember anybody ever ministering the word of God to me. I can't remember anybody praying for me. Somebody must have been. I mean, I remember when I was like eight, ten years old, and I spent the night with a little buddy down the street. And I woke up one night with somebody sitting at the foot of the couch, which was his mom, and she was reading the book of Revelations, and she read it to me, and talking about Armageddon. And I remember, and I'm just going to say, I remember prophesying at a young age. Whoa, that's going to be me. I'm going to have a Bible in one hand and a machine gun in the other. And we're just, <laughs> we're going to do battle. So... <sighs> but I don't remember I can't remember I remember the first time I got arrested that I, I did go to church a few times you know what I mean but it was not my thing there was no love there was no I don't know if I want to say it like that Lord but I didn't feel any truth it didn't touch me. So there was something missing in it. One time it was in a, another denomination. Another time it was in a, another denomination. But, well, I don't want to throw nobody under the bus. But it didn't, it didn't compel me to get saved. So, because we know that the only way that you're going to get saved is through the truth of the word of God. 
I mean, as strong as my testimony may be, as strong as your testimony may be, there is Miss Leela. <laughs> there is no, uh, as long if the truth of the word of God's not in it, it's not going to get anybody saved. It's just a good story. Amen? Amen. And I don't know why I went off into all of that, but let's look at 1 Peter 1.22. 1 Peter 1.22. And I got to find it first. First Peter one twenty two. You ready? Amen. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit and sincere love of the brethren, one another fervent. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. Verse 23, having been born again out of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Because all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers, and its flowers fall away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the tr truth for... Oh, I've already read that. I forgot. I typed out my, in my notes. So note that in verse 22, obedience to the truth leads to brotherly love. This means that the obedience is not the obedience of love. It leads to love. Rather, the truth is the message of the gospel, and obedience to it is what the gospel requires, namely faith. This faith is our connection with Christ who purifies our heart through faith according to Acts 15.9. So the point of the verse 22 is to say that they have believed the gospel, their hearts have been cleansed of sin, and they are now in a position to love other people from a pure heart. The only way that you can get pure love is through the it's through God. It's through Jesus Christ. The world's got their own ideas of love. They've got an eros love, which is an erotic kind of love, a perverted kind of love. They have filial love, which is a brotherly love, but it's not an agape love. Amen? It's not an agape love. It's not the pure love of God that allows you to pour through your heart to love those around you, not, but not only to love your brothers, but to love the lost and want to reach out and bring them in to what you have. Amen? Amen. Verse 23 gives an answer to verse 22, and it says, It come about since you have been born again. Literally, having been born again, 
The new birth was casually prior to what happened in verse 22. Dead people cannot obey the gospel and be purified and love each other until they have been born again. 1 John 5.1 says, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. Amen? This is what the lost, dead, blind people need. They desperately need it. They're desperately seeking it. Most of them don't know it. I remember back in the day, I thought I had it going on. Every day, getting up, fulfilling the desires of the flesh, not worrying about the consequences. Now, the question is, what is your role in this for the people you care about? What are you going to do? Verse 23 is an important verse in the Bible about the relationship between the new birth and your new role, how it comes about in other people. The key statement is, you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. No one is born again apart from hearing the living and abiding word of God. What does that refer to? See, I told you, man, I feel like I'm reading a book. But this is good, and if I don't get to all of it, I want to offer you guys. Send, send a check or money order with self-addressed stamp envelope, and I'll send you a copy of this. Amen? Peter is very specific about what he means in verse 23. The word of God, the living, abiding word of God, you have been born again through the living, abiding word of God. The word is living because it carries divine power to give new life. And the word of God is abiding because once it creates life, it sustains it forever. Amen. Amen. Just like when he created the earth, it was self-sustainable. It, it, regardless of what people claim about global warming or environmental protection or whatever, until God decides otherwise, this planet will sustain life. Amen. Through the word of God, this, this planet will sustain life. I don't care what anybody says. I don't... Hallelujah. And then Peter goes on and quotes Isaiah when he says, All flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers, and its flowers fall away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Amen? Amen. The, the word of God is not going to dry up, it's not going to wither. It's not going to blow away. It's with us forever. The heavens and an earth will go away, but the word of the Lord is there forever, ever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm looking through this because I've got a lot of notes. You know, I, I'm not of elegant speech. I'm not fancy type person. I just love God. Amen. I love what God has done through me. I love what God has done for me. And I look and I see all of you. You're all miracles. You're all miracles of the living and abiding word of God. Amen. I'm done with this. It's our commission. It's our purpose to go out into the world and minister the word. I believe, as my brother Patrick believes, that I'm called to a pastoral office of some sort. I believe I'm called to the ministry. I've kicked and bucked all the way. You know, I have. But through the, and as we've seen here the past week or so, we are very well taught. And we don't just take the word of anybody. Amen. Our pastors are second to none. I listen to, I listen to ministers, all kinds, different ones. I mean, I'm listening to ministers all the time. My pastor rocks. Amen. Our associate pastor rocks. Amen. These are the type of people I want to sit under. This is the type of people I want bringing me up. But all this knowledge, all this wisdom, all this word doesn't mean nothing if you're just sitting on it. Amen? We got to get excited about taking it to the streets. That's, that's what it's all about, taking it to the streets. I mean, as good as I look up here, this, this really... It's not my setting. I mean, I believe I'm called to some kind of pastoral deal, and I want to get used to being up here because this really isn't my forte. I mean, I love you guys, but I like taking the word to people that are hurting, dying. I don't care if you're a junkie shooting dope behind the dumpster at the KFC or if you're some kind of big wig in a skyscraper that has all the money in the world, lost is still lost. The only thing about it is the junkie behind the dumpster probably knows it, amen? The other person, he doesn't know it because he gives to some kind of foundation or some kind of charity and he thinks that through his works he's gonna, but he's not. And the only thing that will break that is the Word of God. The only thing that will bring salvation to that person is the Word of God. Amen? Just like it does the junkie behind the dumpster shooting dope. Amen? I mean, I personally like ministering to those people better. But Pastor told me, he's been telling me, look, you can't just minister to people you're comfortable ministering to. 
you have to be willing to minister to the doctor and the lawyer and I'm like pastor I don't like those people <laughs> but I love them I love them I love them and that's and the reason that is is that's that's the way I came up that's the life I live so I'm comfortable with them I'm not intimidated by them they don't scare me so I'm comfortable with them Lawyers have caused me too much trouble and too much money. <laughs> but I love them and I want to see them get saved. And, and they're not all like that. They're not all like that. Amen. So I'm going to go back. I'm going I'm I'm to go over this part right here real quick because... God is loving you, Lake Church. God is making much of you. Only God can raise the dead. Only God gives spiritual sight to the blind. But wonder of wonders, he will not do it without a gospel-telling human being. He is making much of you by making your words indispensable in the miracle of salvation. How beautiful are the feet of those that preach the good news. Amen. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's Romans 10, 15, and 17. In the mouth of the fallible, in the mouth of the masses, of the incomplete, sometimes failing human beings, we are used by the creator of the universe. Why do we have free will? I believe it's to freely share what God has given us. Like you said, he could have made us robots. We could have been forced into submission. That's not our God. That's not our God. It's your, it's your choice. It was my choice when I got saved. I remember the day I got saved. It was the day that I lived in infamy. December the 7th. Amen? Um, 1995. I mean, I knelt beside my rack before that and asked God to come into my life, but at this time, I gave my life back and got filled with the Holy Ghost, which is another thing you need to know. I wasn't asked if I wanted to receive the Holy Ghost. We got saved and then we got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Amen? So that's something that you need to think about. I mean, just go right into it. Well, I did. I didn't, I didn't know what got hold of me. Amen? I was, I was confused for days. But God comes through, and the word of truth abides and is living, and it raises you up, and it, and it helps you to see we're commissioned to do something. All this salvation, all these blessings are nothing if we don't take it to the world. Amen? Amen. So with that being said...
I think I'm going to close it out. Do we have anything? Okay, so with the, if anybody here needs to be saved, if anybody here needs to rededicate, if you have sickness in your body, if you need the, us to agree with you with something for something, please come up. We'll have ministers up here in front to minister to you, lay hands on you, agree with you, and the Lord will move. Amen. The Lord will move. Amen. You guys are dismissed. Amen. Don't forget.